Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 104. Hey, this is Nathan Hirsch with freeup.com. And if you want to be meeting the right people in your life, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, I'm sure you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about the importance of masterminds. I know I personally would not be anywhere near where I am today without spending tens of thousands of dollars investing into building relationships in a mastermind setting. So on that, I am opening up a second round of my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha in order to build relationships with some of you guys out there. If this is something that interests you, please head over to buildyournetwork.co slash alpha to submit an application and hop on the phone with me to chat about it. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He is the co-founder and CEO of freeup.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much, much more. He has sold over $30 million online and regularly appears on leading business podcasts around the world. Nathan, thank you so much for coming to the show today, man. Really excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro just a little bit and then tell us what you're most excited about right now. 
Yeah, Travis, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I am pumped to be here. My entrepreneurial journey started when I was 20. I started a textbook business out of my college dorm room, eventually learned how to sell these books on Amazon, which opened up the whole Amazon world to me, started up a dropshipping business selling toys, baby products, and home goods. And before I knew it, I was running a multi-million dollar Amazon business out of my college dorm room, making every good and bad decision that a young entrepreneur makes. From there, I was thrown into the hiring world because I had so much going on, I needed help. And I started hiring employees around me and was eventually introduced to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers of the world. And I became addicted with to that. I saw that as a great resource to get access to talent from all around the world. And as I continued to hire and, and add great people to my team and to my Rolodex, I realized that all my time was being spent interviewing and going through the process of hiring rather than expanding and growing my company. So I always wanted there to be a faster way to get access to this talent. And when I couldn't find it, I built my own marketplace, freeup.com. I started it three years ago where we pre-vet freelancers before they get on and make them available to clients quickly. And it's really taken off um, the client experience or the client feedback has been incredible. What I'm most excited about right now is a new software update we've been working on for the past six months. Whenever you're in the marketplace model, you've got the clients, the freelancers, and the software that holds it together. And the software tends to lag behind the other two. Mm. And we made a lot, a serious investment into our software in the past six months, just launched last Sunday, and the client feedback has been incredible. So I'm pumped about that. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely making waves in that space then. So tell us the difference then between freeup.com and then these other ones that you kind of mentioned, like Upwork and Fiverr and stuff like that. What would be the main difference between those? Yeah. So you go to Upwork or freelancer.com, whatever it is, you post a job, you get a hundred people to apply, you interview them one by one, you go through the process and it just takes a really long time and you, you still don't know what you're going to get. And even if you make a good hire and they get started and you like working with them, if they decide to quit, you're right back where you started at the beginning, interviewing all these people. And I wanted a faster way. So at FreeUp, we do it differently. We get hundreds of applicants every week. We bet them for not only their skill, but their attitude and their communication as well. We take the top 1%, we let them in, we make them available to clients first come, first serve. We have 24 seven support on the back end to make sure clients are taken care of. And then we also have a no turnover guarantee. If the freelancers quit for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get them a new freelancer right away so their business never takes a step backwards. So it's all about the speed and the vetting up front with the protection in the back. Yeah, definitely. So for sure, a big, heavy emphasis on the customer service there, making the experience just a much better experience, which I feel like that's kind of where the marketplace is going right now anyway, is now that you know speed and all that kind of stuff is more readily available in a lot of industries. I feel like customer service and the customer experience is something that's now coming more like back into play and becoming really important again. So it's really cool that you guys are doing that. So now going back, I love the beginning of entrepreneurial stories because it seems like a lot of them start in a similar kind of way, but completely different, if that makes sense. So like same things are kind of happening on a timeline here. So you're in college, you're obviously not studying e-commerce in college. So what were you in college for? And how did that whole thing kind of come about? Yeah, so it's funny, my parents were both teachers, I always had the mentality that I would get good grades in high school, get into a college, go have an internship, have that turn into a real job or get a real job, work for 30 to 40 years, retire, and that's my life. And when I was in high school, I always had full-time summer jobs, internships, and I was working 40 hours a week while other people were out playing. 
And it was kind of like the reality kicked in. I could see the future. Hey, if I graduate from college, this is what I'm going to be doing. And I didn't like that at all. I hated working for other people. I wanted to do something that I was excited with, something I could put my own ideas into. And so that's when I really started thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. And it was something I wanted to do, but I had no idea how to do it. And when I got to college, I was sitting there in a classroom of all the business students and we had all the teachers go up one by one, e-com, finance, marketing, and they would talk about why you should major in whatever theirs was. So mm -hmm. last, the teacher of a brand new entrepreneurial program got up there and she said, if you ever want to have financial freedom, if you ever want to have life freedom, the only way to do it is by becoming an entrepreneur. And that really stuck with me and it made me want to take that major. So I did. And it was really cool. As I was starting up this business, I was learning how to become a business owner while learning for myself in the real world, building my own business. Hmm. Wow. So that's why I love this kind of stuff, because it's really interesting to me, the whole college setting. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Nathan, but were your teachers that were teaching business and stuff like that? Was it ever like something sticking out to you as a student that, you know, like, how come you're teaching me business, but you're a full-time teacher? Was that ever like a thought that went through your head? Kind of. I always thought that way with my parents. I was always a rebel, so to speak, in school. I, I never really took teachers seriously. And, wait, wait. So um, you didn't follow the rules? Never. <laughs> That's so I, shocking. I was a troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always had the mentality. It's like a lot of the stuff that you learn in school, like science and I don't know, the stuff that I never was really passionate about was always forced down my throat. Mm -hmm. And my dad's a physics teacher, so he didn't uh, want to okay. hear that. Yep. And I always wanted to just learn about business, learn about stuff that can actually help me in the real world, whether it's finances or just life skills. And I feel like school never really taught me that. So I always tried to rebel against it. Yeah, makes sense. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Now you're in college and you definitely have the interest in being an entrepreneur and everything like that. Was the the e-commerce that you started doing in college your first taste of the business world? Yeah. And you have to remember that back then there were no Amazon gurus. People didn't know what being an Amazon seller was. People thought I was running some kind of scam behind the scenes. No one really understood what was about to happen with e-commerce yeah. taking over. Yeah. Well, and so just for people listening, what was this timeline then? Uh, what year were you doing all this stuff? 2008, 2009. So okay. Amazon was just starting to become more than a big bookstore. They were just starting to get into other products. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So definitely in the infancy of e-com and all that kind of stuff. So walk us through that process then. So you said at the beginning that you learned everything, the good things about e-commerce and you also learned the bad things. So does that mean that you actually like made mistakes and had failures, Nathan? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any entrepreneur out there that hasn't made failures. And I'll tell you about <laughs> the biggest one. So I start selling books. I start experimenting with drop shipping. I didn't even know it was called drop shipping until two years later. And I start selling all these products, these toy products, baby products, and I'm crushing it. I build a relationship with a supplier. I hire my first employee. I teach him to do everything, customer service, listing orders. Instead of working seven days a week, I can finally sleep better at night. There's someone else that's in control that can handle it while I'm enjoying college. But life is good. I go to take my first vacation on spring break. And on the first day of the first vacation, I get a call from my supplier telling me they no longer want to do business with me. So <laughs> the entire year of working with this person down the drain, I know I have to start over. And then to top it off, I get another call from the manager of the day telling me that his parents want him to focus on school and he can no longer commit to me what he had committed. So all that training time was out the drain. And then to top it off, I get a call from my accountant telling me that my identity was stolen and I was going to have to deal with that mess when I got home as well. <laughs> so, so wait, wait, this is all the same day? Same day, within four hours of oh each other. Oh my goodness. So what at this point was going through your head? Yeah. I mean, I went from the top of the top, right? I'm a 21-year-old making more money than I ever should. I have control of my future. I'm an entrepreneur. I made it success at a young age to boom, everything I just worked for out the window and I'm scrambling. And then you almost look at the calendar. You're like, oh my God, I graduate in three years. Like, does this mean I have to go get a real job? And so I kind of come back and that's where the problem solving kicked in. I mean, problem solving, I always tell people is everything. <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, oh goodness, yeah. you're going to deal with problems every day, every week. And it's how you handle those problems that determines whether you succeed or fail. And this is kind of when I started to really break down problem solving in the system. So I gathered information, why they didn't want to work with me, what mistakes I had made, which I mean, the mistakes were one, a lot of responsibility given to a college student when their number one priority isn't me, it's college and, and rightfully mm -hmm. so. Not diversifying, not hiring different people for different teams and investing so much into just one person that can walk out the door. Same thing, not diversifying with suppliers, putting all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. I looked at the bank account. This is how much money we have left before we, we go under. I looked at the resources. We had a few other part-time people and now it was time to see, hey, what are the options? And we decided to invest it all into becoming more diverse and trying to build new relationships and build it back up. So we started reaching out to different suppliers, as many as we could, building relationships. As we started getting those suppliers, we started hiring different people for different teams, customer service, orders, coming up with training documents so that if someone quit, they were very easy to replace. No one was irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. And 
within six months, we had grown this business way bigger than it was before. And we were also more protected because it wouldn't be the last person that quit on me. It wouldn't be the last supplier that dropped me. But every time that they did, it wasn't that big of a deal. And we learned from that mistake going forward. Okay. So a couple of things came to my head when you're going through that story. So when you had that really bad day and you're still in college, obviously you're making some good money. The thought of, do I need to go get a job? How long did that last? Like how long were you thinking like, well, I can still do this and I can still go this route and I can still get this job and be safe. How long did that kind of thinking last before you took action and implemented all this stuff into your business? It was never, oh, I can go do this and be safe. It was more like, if I don't act now, this is what's going to happen. And I need to do everything possible to not let that happen. I think part of me, whether it's good or bad is I tend to maybe not freak out. Freak out's not the right word. It's just always in the back of your head. You know, when Mm -hmm. you have like that really big task coming up and all you can think about is that task or maybe a new competitor pops up and steals your idea. And no matter how much you don't want to think about it, it's just always in the back of your head. And I think that's what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. You almost come become obsessed with it. And that's all I could think about And I was going to do everything possible not to let that happen. So just a quick fun question here. How long do you think you would have lasted in a regular job? (laughs) It's funny because I crushed all my internships. I was always like leading in sales. I could go through the motions and do it. I just hated every second of being there. Really? Really? I don't know. I feel like I don't think I'd ever be homeless, but I I don't think I would have enjoyed life as much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just find out that that's just such a funny thing. It's just such a personality trait, I think almost because I mean, I had a nine to five for like five weeks one time and I hated every second of it. The only reason I had it was so that we could convince the bank that I was capable of making a mortgage payment because I wasn't on a hundred percent commission long enough. I was like 21 or 22 or something at the time. I didn't have a hundred percent commission, like 1089 income tax return. So I had to get a salary for like five weeks. As soon as we closed escrow, I quit (laughs) and went back to doing my own thing. So I always like to ask that question because it's just kind of funny to hear what some of the responses are from that. And then the other thing that came to my mind when you were going through that whole uh, talk that you just had, you were talking about problem solving, which is one of the, I think, one of the most underrated skill sets in business and entrepreneurship, because that's really what it boils down to. If you can be consistent and then you can learn how to solve problems, I don't think that there's anything that you really can't do. When you were in high school, when you were a kid, do you remember always loving solving problems? Like, were you a math guy? Like, how did that look before you were in business? Yeah. I mean, I was solving very different problems. It would be like, hey, like, how do I make enough money from my allowance or my side jobs to afford whatever I was trying to buy, my first car or whatever it is? That was a, a problem when you were in high school. And it could have been, hey, like, how do I get out of taking this test or whatever stupid thing that you're trying to do? I was always good at finding like the almost a way to kind of wiggle through it, yeah. like doing pushing the, each the side loophole. as much as yeah. you possibly can. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of times in business, that's where it comes down to. Not that you should be doing anything unethical or illegal, but you have to kind of push the limits on how far you can go, whether it's making someone work extra to try to get something done or mm-hmm. or trying to read the fine print of a contract and renegotiate it. You always have to be looking at every single avenue trying to find a way forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much, bro. So let's go ahead and move the conversation here and chat a little bit about networking. Since this is the Build Your Network podcast, and that is what we like to talk about a lot here. So this is the question I always ask people to get this conversation headed in that direction. And then we'll just kind of go from there. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? 
I think it's what you know, although I'm started to go in the other direction. So when I started my Amazon business, again, people didn't know what Amazon was. There were no gurus. There were no courses. So everything that I did, I thought was top secret. I wanted to keep it to myself. I didn't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. The employees I hired were on a need to know basis. They would only know the part of their business that they were doing. I didn't really tell other people what I was up to. People mm-hmm. could have been a little sketched out. But I also didn't network because of that. I didn't meet other people. I didn't connect to other entrepreneurs. And I definitely missed out. It's one of the things that, that I regret. And it's also one of the reasons why I love free up. I get to go on podcasts and speak at conferences and meet business owners and clients and freelancers from all around the world. And, yeah. and I've learned so much from doing that. And I always say the, the ideas that make you the most money and the ideas that save you the most money... 99% of them come from other people. And, and if you limit them just to yourself, you're really missing out. So I feel like the, being an entrepreneur and coming having that knowledge, without that, you can't even move forward. Mm-hmm. But if you're just limiting yourself to just your ideas and your ideas alone, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So you would say the biggest regret that you have looking back would be that you didn't start networking a lot sooner than you actually started, right? 100%. So this is is something that I always find interesting because I ask this question to every guest that's come on the show. And now we're up in releasing uh, episodes. We're at like, I think, 97 right now. But by the time this one comes out, we'll be into the hundreds. So I've talked to over 100 people about this kind of stuff, asked them all the same question. And it's always funny because I can look at somebody's background and based on like the first part of our conversation, I can usually guess which of those two they're going to pick when I ask them that question. It's so funny because everything is based on that individual's context and perspective in life. And so you coming up, like you built your whole business by yourself. You didn't have gurus to listen to. You weren't well networked with the top e-commerce people because there weren't a lot of them at the time. You didn't even know what drop shipping was and you were doing it. You know what I mean? So at that time, like your experience and your perspective coming into business is like, look, I bootstrapped this thing. I figured out everything by myself. I did it all completely. So I would say it's what you know. However, there's a caveat where you're like, now that I'm meeting people and coming into opportunities that I would have never seen before because of the people that I'm meeting, maybe I should have done it a little bit sooner than I did. And it's just always so interesting to me to hear people's perspectives on that because it's always based off of like what they've done to reach the level of success that they've seen. Man, I I just love hearing different perspectives on that. So it's a really, I obviously like I have the podcast about networking. I obviously believe it's who you know, but I never, you know, never push on anybody because it's just like, look, they whatever worked for you worked for you. This is what works for me. I just believe this. And and you can comment on this too, Nathan. If you were just starting out, like say you're 19, 20 years old, if you were to tell, if you were to talk to like a 19, 20 year old, maybe the 19, 20 year old version of yourself, or just a 19, 20 year old currently right now that's in college, like going through the same thought processes that you were going through at the time, would you tell them to double down on knowledge or would you tell them to double down on spending time with people who are really good at what they want to be good at? It's such a tough question. I mean, it depends on the person. I know plenty of people that are hermits and they're very successful. They're very good at what they do and and vice versa to play devil's advocate. I see some of the same people conference after conference after conference, but when I dive down into it, their businesses are not doing very well and they've invested a lot of money into knowing other people, into going to these events, and they probably have a much bigger Rolodex than me, but I don't see that that they're using that value properly. So Mm. I think a lot of it does depend on the person I do agree with everything you're saying. And I would say more often than not, it's who you know and not what you know. Mm -hmm. But there are people that don't necessarily take advantage of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally understand what you're saying. Something that I've come to find out is sometimes it's kind of like implementation loops. Like it's a, you go through like a what you know phase and then you go through a who you know phase and then you go through a what you know and then you go through a who you know. Just for me, it seems to be like it's, and really that's probably just because of the podcast now. But for me, it always seems like I'm spending, you know, a lot of my time on my who and a little bit of time on my what. But for a different part of my life, like, you know, when I was learning a skill set, when I was becoming a salesperson and a sales manager and all that stuff, like all I did was work on my craft. I didn't network a lot. But now that I have a skill set, it allows me to easily network with other people that I really want to get to know. So yeah, so much good stuff there. So tell us a time, a story in your life, Nathan, where a connection that you had with another individual led to a moment of success for you. Yeah. So we started off free up being mostly targeted towards Amazon sellers. And we were trying to break into these different Amazon communities. They're pretty tight knit. And when I said back before, I wasn't really well connected, I had sold over $25 million on Amazon and no one knew who I was. Hmm. And so yeah. I was trying to get out there, get out there, get out there. And I finally, I had these clients and I was treating them very well and they were happy with the service. And this one client connected to me to a big Amazon influencer. I'm not going to mention his name, but very large. And he promoted me hard to his community. He really believed in what we were doing. We built a great relationship. I go on with him every quarter. And he's become the biggest free up referral that there is right now. And he's making thousands a week off referral money and kickbacks. And, wow. and obviously, it benefits free up as well. But it was all the connection from the connection from treating some person very well. They said, hey, like I want to introduce you to a friend of mine that happens to be a big e-commerce influencer. And that was a game changer for my business. From the time we met him to a month and a half later, we had doubled our business just from that one connection. Wow, that's crazy. So with this being such an important aspect, and you actually might have a really good answer for this because it was something that was kind of on the back burner for you for a little bit. Why do you think that so many people don't spend time building relationships? Hey, as an entrepreneur, you only have X amount of time, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes relationships, they don't have that immediate ROI. Right. And I think that as a young entrepreneur, I was very focused on the short-term ROI and never focused on the long-term ROI. And with FreeUp, especially having man more manpower helps, but you find that balance. You want to build long-term relationships. You obviously want to focus on short-term ROI and getting projects complete and stuff that's going to be an immediate impact, mm -hmm. but you really have to find a balance. And we found that if we start to lean too one way or too far the other, the business actually suffers. So really maintaining that balance is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. So what are some ways that you've been able to, when you're connecting with people, what are some ways that you've been able to add value to others? Because I think that's such an important part of this whole networking game is people skip the value part. They just kind of want to go to the, where they just cash in on the relationship and ask for something. How do you come into relationship just offering value without really expecting anything in return? Yeah. It's something I really learned because I wasn't networking. So I went in and I was like, this is free up, free up, buy it, buy it, buy it. And people are like, well, what are you doing? Why, why are you pushing me so hard? I don't even know you. And mm -hmm. it took a lot of brutally honest feedback. Feedback's always been something that I love. Even when I wasn't networking, I always took feedback, whether it was from my employees, my business partner, my parents. And that doesn't mean that you implement every feedback instantly. And mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. stuff doesn't apply, but I love feedback. And some and people are just crazy. <laughs> exactly. And so you kind of take what you can use and right. you avoid the other stuff. So from that feedback and feedback that I got from people that I respected, people that I looked up to, I kind of changed my approach and I tried to find 
as much mutually beneficial relationships. And I mean, an example is I just got off the phone with a top-notch guy that I, I met at a conference. And at the end of it, I mean, I had no value to provide this guy. He knows everybody. And he was going out of his way to help me. And at the end of the phone call, I was like, listen, I don't want this to be one-sided. I know I don't have any connections now that might help you, but I'm an open book. If you see any podcasts I've been on, I'm happy to introduce you. If there's any way I can help you, let me know. And that's something I just wouldn't have said when I was starting off networking with people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something that every young person goes through is like this period of they, they're just so pumped about what they have going on that they just like go out and they want everybody to be a part of it. And they literally don't understand how somebody could tell them no. Right. And then they start doing it a while and they start realizing that they're just burning through relationships. And when you do that, yeah, you might be able to see some short-term success because it's a numbers game at that point, right? You talk to enough people, you're going to get some yeses at some point. And there's some merit to that. But then all you did was just burn through all the relationships of the people who said no. And then when that short-term income goes away and you want to try to build something else again, you don't have anybody to build it with. You got to go get new people and then you got to go burn through those relationships. And there's just so many other better ways of building your business than that and adding value, I think is really, really where it all starts. So at this point in your career, Nathan, have you ever spent money on anything like a mentorship or like coaching or masterminds or anything like that? The answer is not much. <laughs> I recently bought my first mentorship. It was a mastermind with Adam Markell, who's big into speaking. And okay. he saw me speak at a CEO space. And afterwards, I met with him and he ripped me apart in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> More of that um, feedback we're talking about, right? Exactly. I love it. I have feedback. And I took all of it and I wrote it down. And he was like, hey, I'm having this event at my place. And I showed up and paid for it. And I mean, he's very good at what he does and he deserves every dime that he makes. And I am a big believer in it. I spend way more time at conferences and different masterminds. I see those people that invest so much into themselves and they don't take the time. I think you said this before, just to actually implement it. Mm -hmm. And for me, like when I go to that event, I leave there with three pages of full of notes of just stuff I need to do. And if instead of implementing that stuff, I just head out to my next mastermind, I feel like I didn't actually get the value that I put into that. So yeah. for me, I'm still implementing stuff and I've gone to him two times now and I'm still implementing stuff from the first time. So it's definitely been more, it's probably three to 5% of our budget is spent on that kind of stuff. I know okay. other people spend way more, but it's probably something that will increase over time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And as long as you have some percentage going, I encourage everybody listening to have some sort of networking budget, whether that be for events or conferences or mentorships or coaching or masterminds, some portion of your income should be dedicated to you getting around people that you don't know that can sharpen you and help you become a better person, a better business person, whatever you're trying to improve on, even if it's like health or relationships, whatever that is, get around people who are good at it and you will become the average of those five people that you hang out with the most. I want to add something real quick to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all of it has to be paid either. We had, I yeah, was in yeah, a definitely. Facebook group with some people and I got invited to a dinner that was in Orlando at that click funnel event. And I had just gotten back from the Philippines. I wasn't attending that event. And I just drove 40 minutes, had dinner with 10 awesome entrepreneurs and network, and it cost me a meal. So it's not always putting down mm -hmm. 10 grand to mastermind, you know? Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. Always staying open to those opportunities is where you're going to find a lot of just hidden gems where you, even if it's something cheap, you know, like you said, like if it's a, a quick dinner, like I think actually you and I met through John Corcoran, is that right? At uh, Trafficking Conversion? 
Yeah, he's a king okay. of networking. Yeah, so he's always doing some sort of networking, something or other. And even like the little dinners that he hosts before events or stuff like that, like where it's like it's 150 bucks to go to this like dinner where a lot of speakers are going to be and like all this type of stuff where you can actually have real conversations and build deep relationships with people. And you look for those opportunities that don't cost much money, but have a huge return on the back end. And staying open to those opportunities is so, so, so crucial to being able to continuously build your network and audit that inner circle of people you spend time with. So Nathan, I know we're coming up to a close here. Let's go ahead and move on to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Anything with sports. If I could pick anything, I'd be a professional baseball player. (laughs) But in terms of profession, I'd always want to see I guess behind the scenes of being a doctor, being a nurse, someone who actually contributes in a way other than making money, I'm always fascinated by what happens behind the scenes there. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Jeff Bezos, just because, I mean, I've spent so much time in Amazon and the Amazon communities. Mm. Very few people actually get a chance to meet him and get have a one-on-one conversation. That would be my pick. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Videos and audiobooks. What is an audiobook that you've been listening to recently that you'd recommend? The Power of Why is a huge one. I mean, I've spent so much time with my Amazon business trying to turn it into a why. And at the end of the day, I wasn't selling my own products. I was selling products just to make money. And with FreeUp, I have a why. It's to help businesses around the world, to help freelancers provide for their family. And I think that's why I've become so much more passionate about it than I ever was for my Amazon business. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. <laughs> so I am right from the start in the morning. When I get up, I'm working within 15 30 minutes, coffee, take the dog out, check my emails on my phone. I have a dog park right across the street. And then I'm, yeah, I'm going through the day and my relaxing time is at night and going to the gym at night. I can't do it in the morning. I'm the first two, three hours of the day are when I'm the most productive. What is your go to pump up song? I'm not a huge music person when it comes to being pumped up. It's something I usually have on in the background in the car, but I'm never someone that gets pumped up by music. It's weird. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) What are you not very good at? Golf. I'm a pretty awful golfer, although that (laughs) should, I should probably be better if I'm getting into business, but I'm I'm a baseball guy. So my golf swing is all messed up. Ah, yeah, that makes complete sense. All right. So get everything wrapped up here, bro. What is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Yeah, I'm very easy to contact. If you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar is right there at the top. You can find me on social media. You can add me on Skype. I have a team that covers my emails and Skypes 24-7, and and I'm very available as well. Um, We're really there to be hands-on and to help you. Awesome. Awesome. So if you're listening to this and you want to connect with Nathan, which I highly recommend, take advantage of the opportunities that these people are telling you about on the show, guys. If you're listening to this right now and you want to connect with people that are just killing it in business and doing well in life, just reach out. Say what's up. It's really not that difficult. So go to freeup.com with three E's, F-R-E-E-E, up. Dot com. Schedule something with Nathan, chat with them, reach out, say what's up, tell them you heard about him on the show. Nathan, thanks so much for coming on, brother. I had a great time talking with you. Travis, thanks so much for having me. 
That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.